On today's Locked On Mavs, we're diving deep into free agency. We got a profile on a player that some people have been asking us about. DeMar DeRozan in Dallas? Or three. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Jose, three seconds, gives it to DeRozan, DeRozan's fading, what a tough shot, and it goes! And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks, my name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator from Locked On Podcast Network, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Tom, the free agent profile profit. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, it's been pretty crazy because we were we were kind of counting down the days until free agency. We're like, all right, we got some time. You know, we've we've done these free agent profile pods the past four off seasons, and then we added up the days, and we <laughs> don't have many. time. <laughs> and uh, this is especially because the presser still hasn't happened yet. With Kid and Nico, and that's coming up next week, which is crazy. Still another week away, uh, but the finals start tomorrow. So, or tonight, actually, it start tonight. Bucks, Suns. Like, what outside of Giannis injury stuff? What are you, what's your mind? Where's your mind at with this finals? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Suns team finally plays like a fully healthy team, right? And even even if they get Giannis, it's not necessarily he's going to be fully healthy. So it's so weird weird run for them but like there's the two narratives the warring narratives on both sides that finally Giannis gets over the hump and like yeah. proves that he's the two-time MVP and he's not like another Steve Nash right where Steve Nash won two two MVPs and now you kind of look back and he doesn't seem like one of the all-time greats you know what I mean he was really good at some points but you're like ah he didn't win the big one and so it doesn't really he doesn't really count as one of those top guys but and then uh, but if he got a title, then yeah, he'd be up there, right? I mean, maybe this is that puts him in like the dirt category or, you know, I need mean, somewhere up there. Chris Paul, though, this is like a huge validator for his career, like even more so than Giannis, right? This would put him, people would finally see he's one of like the top five point guards of all time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. As far as all time stuff, so I'm, I'm fascinated to see what people think, where he, how far up that list he will go. I, th- I still think people, there are a decent amount of people probably think he is top five. Without it, I mean, yeah, yeah for sure. It. Like, will he move past Isaiah Thomas at that point? Will he, like, there's, you know, guys like Koozie back in the day, like different stuff like that, that, I don't know, that's an argument I don't even want to get into. There's there's actually, besides Chris Paul, besides Giannis, Chris Middleton has, I just don't know what I think about Chris Middleton. And I've, I've just watched him, you know, close out the Hawks basically by himself and, it's just, it's wild to me that I still don't think inside of me that he's like one of the top 20 players in the NBA, <laughs> but the dude is going to have, he's a multiple time all-star. He's about to win probably a gold medal in Tokyo. And it's like, he might win the finals this year. And a lot of it has to do with him. Yeah. And I don't, I still don't know if some of us will put him as a top 20 player and I'm not blaming you either way if you, if you are or you're not. So I, he's just, he's a fascinating player to me. I don't know what to think. Well, one of the problems is there's just so many real good players. Like we're about to talk to about a guy, DeMar DeRozan. Is he a top 20 player? He's like a 25, five and five, 
you know, average guy, like points, rebounds, assists. And there's not many of those guys, but is he up there? Is he at that level? If, if he was playing for the bucks right now, instead of Middleton, would they be that different? Right. Probably because of the three point shooting, but you know, you, you ask those questions. Like, there's just so many guys up there. On the other side, yeah. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are both up there. Then you have, I mean, there's just so many guys that are that. So you say top 20, that actually means a lot in today's Well, it's NBA. like you probably, there's probably people looking at the Bucks. They're probably not thinking as a big three or even like a, a duo. It's like, I feel like a lot of people view the Bucks and it's, it's just Giannis. You know, it's as far as like superstars, like the Lakers, like, oh, they got their duo and AD yeah. and it's like the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi. Are people saying that, that, oh, well, that's Giannis and Middleton or man, they got a big three, Giannis, Holiday. I just don't, I feel like the majority of people, it's not saying it as a big three or a well, big when, two. When the Bucks lose, it's, it's Giannis didn't do this with free throws or shooting or whatever, yeah. or Bud didn't do this coaching decisions, all that, right? Those are the two things that come out when the Bucks ever lose a playoff game. Yeah, but I'm excited for the finals. I'm all in about I'm going to watch every single minute of this finals. I'm excited. Neither player of of both rosters or neither roster, all the players, however you want to say it, have has won a title. So I think yeah. that's really cool, too. And I'm excited for whatever fan base wins. So and the only be one's been, the only one that's been there is Jay Crowder, right? I think I saw that. He's the only one. Mm. PJ Tucker's never been to one. I don't think so. Dang. Nobody's been to a finals either, which is kind of wild. So. There you go. That's some that's some final stock. That's coming up tonight. If you guys are interested, if you're watching this, listening to this on Tuesday. By the way, if you're not watching our YouTube channel, you're missing out. Some good stuff up there. If you heard yesterday's intro to the podcast and you wanted to know why it sounded like we were outside, it's because we were. If, it, if you wanted to know why it sounded like we had sparklers, it's because we did. <laughs> go listen. Go watch just the intro. Even just the intro of our podcast yesterday. It was absolutely great celebrating uh, our country. Slovenia. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up soon in the episode. All right, let's dive deep into DeMar DeRozan free agent profile. We've done these for now five years. This is our fifth year doing these profiles where we look at one specific player that it's, that's either linked to the Mavericks or the Mavericks could possibly be after. The Mavericks have max cap space this summer or can have max cap space. And so DeMar DeRozan is one of those players. And he's a confusing player, I think, for a lot of people. He's confusing in the sense that he is insanely talented. If you remember with the Mavericks, like he hit a he hit a, a game winner against the Mavericks. And that was a real that, – that shot, I always think about it because that shot – could be the difference between the Mavericks like winning a first round playoff series or, or losing the Clippers in the first round because of how late in the season it was and everything that it meant. But uh, so he hit, he's hit clutch shots. He's a really good scorer. He's been around for a while, but he's just an odd player because he doesn't shoot threes and he's just not good at shooting threes. And so what, what is his value? What does he mean? And so we want to take, and we'll do this for a couple other players. Players, We'll do this for Kyle Lowry. We'll probably do it for Kawhi. We'll probably do it for Mike Conley and bring that one back. Lonzo and Don Collins. We'll probably do full pods on these guys, breaking down their game to see if it's worth it for the Mavericks to invest a whole lot in these guys. So, DeMar DeRozan, six foot six, guard wing, 31 years old. He averaged 21.6 points last year, 4.2 rebounds, 6.9 assists per game in San Antonio. Let's start with a couple of strengths for him and the good, the positives here. He is an incredible scorer. He can score on two, I'd say two levels, and an elite at two levels, I would say. 
Uh, since 2013, he's ninth in the NBA in points per game at 22.8. So he's been doing it for a while too. It's not like he just started and he can, you know, he just became a 20 point per game score. He's been this for a while. The Spurs last season were 6.4 points per 100 possessions better with DeRozan on the floor. And he was with the starters with a team that didn't necessarily have a very strong starting group that just was pretty deep overall. So I think that's saying a lot about what DeRozan can bring to an offense. Like, who are the other offensive players for the Spurs that really brought it in any way, right? Like, I guess you could say Lonnie Derek Walker. Derek White, Lonnie Walker, right? Like, there's just there's not many of those Hurdle. starters that really brought a ton to the table offensively, and DeRozan was the guy, the focal point. And so I think that was really positive. Uh, isolation score, he's number one in the NBA in points per possession with players that took at least three isolation possessions per game. That's pretty solid. He isos the ball, he's going to score. Free throws. Since 2013, he averaged 7.4 free throw attempts per game and made 84% of them. That's eighth in the NBA since 2013. So the eighth most uh, free throw attempts per game. Him and Luca were both in that top 10 of free throw attempts per game, you know, going back to 2013. Uh, so he gets to the line. He can hit shots, but not outside the three-point line. He can score in isolation. He he elevates his team offensively. Uh, and I'll, I'll keep going unless you want to cut in on anything. Go ahead. He became an incredible playmaker over the last couple of years. If you take a look at just his the breakdown of his of him as a player, uh, his first four years, he averaged 1.8 assists per game. 1.8. Next four years, his middle four years in the NBA, these are all in Toronto, 3.9 assists per game. So he bumped that up a little bit to, you know, two more per game. The last four years, he's averaged 5.9 or just about six assists per game. Last year, he averaged uh, just under seven. So he's really taken a step up in that category, become a really good playmaker. He ranks in the 100th percentile of all NBA players in assist percentage per cleaning the glass. And that's there's four, there's three players in that group that are in the hundredth percentile of a in assist percentage. Would I've heard like, so many numbers right now. I'm trying to wrap my brain around them. Would you like to guess who those players are? Hundredth percentile. So the best of the best in terms of when a when a, when a, when a their team scores, he is assisting. I don't know. Luka Doncic, <laughs> Nikola Jokic, Russell Westbrook, and Demar Derozan. Those are the guys in the 100 percentile when they're on the floor and somebody's creating a shot for somebody else. It's that player that is most likely doing it. So that's a lot of that's a lot of numbers I just threw at you. So he's a really good scorer. He elevates the offense of the team both as a scorer himself, as a shooter in you know inside the arc, and then as a playmaker as well. Also gets to the free throw line and hits his free throws. He's elite at that. Uh, last thing and last number I'll throw at you here for the positives: health. He has been pretty much an Ironman in the NBA since 2012. We'll take it all the way back to there. He's played in 659 out of the possible 717 games. And that's that's even considering games he possibly rested for. I wasn't going to go back and look at all those. But he played 92% of games going back to 2012. Like that is, that is reliability. That is a guy that's going to stay on the floor. He's been on the floor. He's not taking a bunch of nights off. Uh, he only missed he missed 11 games this past season for back spasms and a quad contusion, um, just a couple of minor things. But it was never more than three games in a row, so it wasn't like he was out for long stretches of time. So he is an Ironman, good scorer, good playmaker. Like those are the positives for him. And so I'll uh, I'll send it back to you and let you do some positives after 
I just went for like five <laughs> minutes there. But coming up, we'll get into some more positives. We'll break down the negative and everything about DeMar DeRozan. But we got to talk about our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And it has to be Luca, And it has to be Luca specifically in a Slovenian jersey, right? Like, it just, it just has to be. Uh, <laughs> not as good as, as what we did the other day. But he has to be it. I mean, just... This Michelob Ultra is all about it's all about joy, happiness, enjoyment. And I did not get more joy or happiness or enjoyment out of anything this week than I did seeing Luka Doncic, especially right when that game ended against Lithuania, where he has the ball in his hands and he smashes it against the ground and it bounces all the way up in the air. Like it, it reminded me of Kobe. Kobe did that in one of the finals in 2009 or 2010. Uh, when the Lakers won, and he smashed the ball on the ground. I think Dwayne Wade did that in one of the Heat's titles. Uh, not the 2006 one, but some of the other ones where you, just, you slam the ball against the ground and just you're so excited and so happy, and you you almost feel that, right? Like, you almost feel Luka's joy and excitement in winning that that game for Slovenia, putting them in the Olympics, and he just has to be our guy. Oh, hands down. And he's about, he's about to be our guy for the next, like, two months because they're about to go and go on a run in the Olympics and win a medal. Well, there's going to be a free agent or two. Maybe that the Mavs add, if they add Kawhi Leonard, he's our player of the week, right? There's no, there's no getting, I don't care what Luka does in the Olympics. Kawhi would be our player of the week, but yeah, joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And that's what you get with Michelob ultra. There you go. Luka Doncic, our Michelob ultra player of the week. All right, Isaac Harris, let's, uh, so I just went over a whole bunch. Anything you want me to clarify that you feel like the listener from all those stats that I brought, all the positives that maybe blew over a listener's head because uh, I went over them a little fast. No, I liked your durability one. I didn't really look into his durability a lot. And I really like that of, because especially with, especially with, uh, Mavs fans, you know, a lot of has been made over the past year or so is, you know, resting and just so much with that and games off and, you know, a certain portion of fans that get mad. It's like, oh my gosh, it's OKC. Why aren't we, you know, playing everybody against OKC? But then we're rest people. So having a guy on your team that is going to play a majority of the games, that, that, that sounds really cool too. <laughs> it does sound pretty cool. And like another thing is just a reliable scorer. Like I, I bring this up a little bit. We're going to talk about problems that he solves. I think that that's another thing. But uh, yeah, those are the strengths that I brought. Any other strengths you wanted to bring? Yeah, well, yeah, a couple, couple bigger things uh, for, for DeRozan. It, he's such a polarizing player in today's game because you take him back to the 90s, early 2000s, this dude's a Hall of Famer. And, I mean, heck, by the standards of Hall of Fame right now, he still yeah. might get in. But, <laughs> I mean, he's such an incredible mid-range guy. And he's a guy that I feel like a lot of people, like if he was on, let's just say he's on the Mavericks next year and they go on a deep playoff run. How many tweets are we going to see from people across the league? And they're like, DeMar DeRozan mid-range ain't dead. I told you. And <laughs> because he can get buckets and he's one of the best isolation players. Like you said, you gave that great stat. Uh, I pulled some stuff up on Synergy just as far as he's in the 96th percentile as far as isolation points per game is over 1.1, which is really, really good isolation player. Um, points per possession. Yeah, yeah, points per possession on that. So incredible that four, four-time All-Star, although he hasn't made an All-Star uh, game in the past four years, but four-time All-Star before that. He's averaged tw- over 20 points per game the last eight seasons. That is not um, that's not a very easy thing to do. But 
he's just he's incredible when he gets around the basket uh when he is in isolation in that mid-range we've talked in the pick and roll too like i was looking at some of his pick and roll numbers mm-hmm. he is incredible running the pick and roll that's actually his highest often percentage of his offensive possessions is running the pick and roll that he did last year in san antonio so uh he's great at that so when you're looking at who can you put alongside luka Doncic? that not only can he play alongside Luca, but who is that guy that can run the offense and you can run offense through him whenever Luca's off the floor. It's something we've been tracking over the past year or so. Man, DeMar DeRozan, let's go. I mean, the dude can run pick and roll. He can score in isolation. If Luca's off the floor, you know DeMar DeRozan can go get yeah. you buckets and keep the offense afloat. So that that's that's a huge positive when we're looking at anybody that you're adding around Luca. You bring up that he's he's averaged 20, over 20 points per game for the last eight seasons. There's seven players in NBA in the NBA that have averaged 20 points per game or more over the last eight seasons. Ooh. You ready for him? You want to guess? Uh, try to guess any of them. So DeRozan's one one of them. So now there's seven or there's six left. Rattle them off. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, James Harden, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook. That is a that's a list right there yeah. to be a part of. Durant's not part of it because he didn't get there um, with with one of those seasons because of injuries. Uh, Kyrie Irving's not like, but yeah, that's the list. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, DeRozan, James Harden, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook have scored twenty points per game or more in each of the last eight seasons. And then you could go on top of that and look at his assist numbers that you mentioned this, and I, we have it as a category later on. I don't know if we're, we might get to all of our categories, but one of the misconceptions, I think, about him is when you look at, just take his name out of it, when you look at great isolation scores, I think some people you get wrapped in your head, it's like, oh, well, they don't really pass the ball because they're just such a great isolation score. That's not the case for him. He's a good yeah. playmaker. He averaged right at seven assists last season. That's He was 11th in the league in assists per games last year. Like, I wouldn't even, if you would have told me, like, hey, guess where DeMar DeRozan was uh, as far as assists per game, I would have said top 50, like top 40, but 11th, and then you look at some of the guys beneath him that didn't average the amount of assists per game that he did. Now, that's not the you know most telling stat ever, but it still it shows you because you look at later in his career, like you said, you look at some of his assist numbers. Back in 2012, 2013, he averaged 2.5 assists per game. That's close to 2.6. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2 point, not 2.5, 2.6 carbs and 95 <laughs> calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. He's a good playmaker. He can pass the ball. So that's a that's a huge positive. Those are all the positives. I think we I think we got to pretty much all of them with DeMar DeRozan. Uh, there's maybe a couple more smattered in here, but weaknesses. I mean, obviously, the three-point shooting is is kind of insane. If you look at it, for a guy, like, if you look at those guys that I just mentioned that have scored 20 points per game or more in the last eight seasons, eight total seasons, uh, it's like Curry, three-point shooter. Uh, James Harden, three-point shooter. LeBron has become a pretty decent three-point shooter. Lillard, three-point shooter. Westbrook, it's like him and Westbrook, and then I guess Anthony Davis, who sort of added that a little later in that run, but... Uh, there's just not many guys that become elite level scorers and also reliable playoff scorers that don't have the three point shot. And so let's talk about exactly what that means. DeMar DeRozan, it, for his career, <laughs> for his career, has if you're, averaged. If you're all in the DeRozan Mavs camp, just want, you can just skip ahead like 30, <laughs> a few 30 second skips here. But for his career, has averaged 1.5 three point attempts per game. Like he has taken in his in his career. 
13,814 shots in the regular season. He's only taking taking 1,282 threes. Like that, that ratio right there is, is insane. It just doesn't make sense for a guard or a wing right now in today's NBA. And there's been seasons where he's tried to take some threes. In 2013-14, he took 2.7 threes per game in Toronto and hit just about 30% of them. In, uh, and then later, a couple years later, in 2017-18, uh, he took 3.6 threes per game and uh, he hit 31% of them. But the rest of them, it's either uh, not even one or just a little over one three-point attempt per game. So, like, he'll take some. It's like he won't take any. He's not Ben Simmons, right? He won't take yeah. that he won't take any. And he can shoot. Like, he'll shoot credibly along, too. It's just something about taking a step back beyond the three-point arc that he doesn't do. And in San Antonio, his three-point attempts went even farther down. Like, his first two years in San Antonio, he averaged – 0.6 and 0.5 three-point attempts per game. And last year it was 1.2, so it's not even that much higher. So he's he just doesn't take threes. Maybe he can maybe he's a better than we think, and he just hasn't hasn't taken him in games, but it's just not part of his game uh to take a three. And so that that limits you as an offense. It limits you as a scorer, I think, because you're not stretching the defense to that three levels, right? Some guys like Lillard and Curry and Trey Young are adding a fourth level, right? Where there's just, yeah. you have your regular three and then you have your deep three, like your deep ass threes. Those are the ones that add like a fourth level of scoring. That uh, He doesn't have that, right? He doesn't even have yeah. three. He has two. And so he's elite two, two, what, two level scorer. He's just not there to make it a, a three level scoring yet. So that that's one of the first weaknesses and the glaring weakness that is three point shooting. You're just limited in a certain capacity if you can't take threes. And I think especially for a playoff team, you're limited if you don't take threes and can't take them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing you said playoffs, um, you know, it limits your flexibility when it, when, the further you go in the playoffs, he like in the regular season, you look at what Ben Simmons and happened in Philly. Great regular season team, right? Like if you add DeMar DeRozan to the Mavericks next year, they're going to be, I think it'll be incredible. Like they'll take the step forward as far as a regular season They'll take the floor team. up for you. Like you will, like you will be a good regular season team. And at that, at, at this point of where the Mavericks are at, I think you just kind of accept that. And you're just like, Hey, I'll just play my chances. If we're round two in the playoffs and we're having to figure out the DeMar DeRozan thing at that point, because they need to have a better record to have a better first round opponent and all of that. So that's the thing. It's like great regular season team because of the lack of shooting, but man, that lack of shooting, that's not something you just gloss over. Like even catch and shoot shots. He's seven in the seventh percentile and catch it's and bad. shoot shots. Yeah, really, it's it's bad. very bad. Poor rating <laughs> on synergy, 27% from the field on catch and shoot shots. Like we could go all day about how he's not a good three-point shooter. And it just, like you said, it limits your lineup flexibility. When you look at, even looking at the teams right now, actually, we probably need to take a break. After the break, let's let's talk about DeMar DeRozan and how it correlates with the two finals teams right now. Tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is a uh, incredible source to just go and check out some of these lines, to put some money down, to win some money. If you want to have fun with some of these games, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. They right now have the Suns as a minus 190 favorite over the Bucks plus 165. The Suns still the favorite there. If you go and look at the game tonight, if you're listening watching this on Tuesday, the Suns are still a five and a half point favorite. I think the money line changed though. They're they're minus two forty for the money line. So if you want to just pick the Suns straight up to win this game, you don't have to pick the spread or the the margin of victory or whatever. You can just 
bet them on the money line. They're minus 240. The Bucks are plus 200 to win this game. So you can get some actually, there's some odds there for the Bucks if you decide to go there. The over-under, let's do this one. The over-under for this game in scoring is 218 and a half points. We think they go over-under because I'm going way under. This is going to be a deep, this, like both these teams, no play, no finals experience for either of these teams. They are going to be chucking up shots and missing like insanely. I'm going under that 218. Guess so. I just, it just feels like that. It feels like 109 is so, like so low in today's game. But I, I guess I'll agree with you just because it's the nerves and everything. Again, use the promo code Lockdown get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, I want to tell you about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You can just go and type that in yourself. While you wait, the person behind the counter orders the part on their own computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse carries. Why would you want to do that? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. They know that we sent you. Again, you'll save time. You'll save money. You'll get exactly what you need. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more weaknesses. We just talked about the three-point shooting. Anything else you wanted to bring about his three-point shot? I mean, it's kind of been said over and over again. It's the big glaring thing for DeRozan. It is. Well, yeah, I wanted to talk about the finals teams and how you look at how look at how they're constructed. Look at the their best five players to end of the in the games. They're all there's at least there's just one player who can't shoot a three. Yeah. And like DeAndre Ayton, I mean, I guess like you kind of got to respect will eventually. it. Like, he, he will. You're looking at, you know, Giannis on Milwaukee side when he's playing and then their shooters surrounding him. The point in that is saying, if you have DeMar DeRozan on the floor and he can't shoot the three, you can't have anybody else on the floor that can't shoot the three. So it, it's going to be very, very difficult. If like, for instance, you put Dwight Powell out there with DeMar DeRozan, you instantly have two guys who can't shoot the three and they're going to instantly be dared to shoot the three. I think back to that Westbrook, you know, series, you know, Houston and the Lakers in the bubble. And how embarrassing was that when the Lakers are just sitting in the paint, just daring Russell Westbrook to shoot it every single time and miss these open three pointers. So it's, it's a problem when you get into the playoffs. I don't think you have the problem in the regular season. And it's a problem that I think you have, like, there's no way around that. Like that is a problem, but it's just a matter of you have to decide, is it, do you just like ride it and it's like, hey, we'll just get there. And when if we get to the conference finals, then we'll just figure it out. Then we just need to get there. We just need to take the leap. And I, I can hear that mindset of like, hey, we can't not bring him on because it might not work in the third round of the finals or, or playoffs. Or yeah, right. It won't work in the finals. If that's your level of, well, then we won't take him. But yeah, yeah. I I think there. Yeah, let's let's get to some more stuff here. Defense is also a huge thing. I think his defense, I think will will hold the team back more than his offense. The Spurs, I mentioned earlier that they were six point six point four points per hundred possessions better when Demar Derozan was on the floor on offense. Their offense was way better when Derozan was on the floor, but their defense was eleven point three points per hundred possession worse when Derozan was on the floor. So that's a net negative that Derozan was for the Spurs. If you're just looking at those two numbers right there, uh, and there's a lot of factors that go into that, obviously. But if he's if he's hurting your defense that bad, whereas where 
that means that when he's off the floor, the rest of the players can hold their own weight and they don't have to, uh, or whatever DeRozan was, however DeRozan was holding them back, he was, it seems like, if that number was that high. 11.3 points per 100 possessions worse on defense is a huge number. That is a big, a big uh, minus for the Mavericks. And that was just regular season. That wasn't even playoff stuff. And playoffs ratchets it up to a whole nother level, just a whole yeah. other level of you can't have, basically like the three-point thing, you can't have... A minus def- like two minus defenders in your lineup, right? You just can't like if especially if you're going up against teams that know how to attack. I think, I think this Hawks got away with playing some of those guys and playing a Trey Young, playing Lou Williams, playing you know Ke- Kevin Herter's not necessarily a minus, but playing those guys to where uh, they didn't play against teams that knew how to attack those type of players. Almost every team in the West knows how to attack those players. You have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, LeBron, you have Luka, you have, you know, Kawhi will attack those players. Like all these players, Dame Lillard, all these teams will attack those players. Uh, the, the Hawks caught kind of, they got lucky, I think, a little bit with their matchups and they didn't have somebody that would attack those guys. Um, so all that being said, I think DeMarose's defense is a big, a big negative for uh his case. Will he raise the floor in the regular season? For sure. He will. For sure. Yeah. Will he be a liability on two sides of the ball, basically on offense and defense in ways? Probably, right? Like Yeah, in a, in a way. Like you look in at, a way. Like you could sum down our, our last 20 minutes probably into positives. He's he can he's a bucket getter, isolation score, great in the pick and roll. He's a vet. He would relieve the role from Luca, allow Luca to pace the game a little bit more. Cons. Like he's not a very good perimeter defender. He's not a very he's not a very good three point shooter at all. So that's what you're that that's the dilemma you're working with with Demar Derozan, especially when you look at the number that you're probably going to sign him at. And I think it's just up to whatever your opinion is on it. Like I could hear the side on I could hear the argument on both sides. Like is it a home run if they land Demar Derozan? I don't think it's a home run. Like yeah. oh my grand slam out of the park. But I could hear him like, <laughs> all right, sweet. We have another bucket getter. We have another guy who can score and like allow Luca, like give him a break and all of that. Like I'm excited. I would be excited about that. But if they don't go after Jamal DeRozan, you're like, all right, I get it because he can't play defense, not very well, and he can't hit a three pointer. And they're just going to dare him to shoot when it when it's in big games. So I get both sides of the DeRozan case. Couple other things I wanted to get to. Playoff experience. He's played in 58 total playoff games. That's pretty good. He made the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2016 with the Raptors, but his teams have only made it past the first round three times in his whole career. So it's not like we're getting this guy that's been to the finals, that has all this playoff experience. Like he's made it a couple rounds, but he hasn't really he hasn't hasn't made the finals and only played that one Eastern Conference Finals where they just got waxed after winning two games against Le- like they went two games yeah. against LeBron and then they just got destroyed the rest of the way. So playoff experience is both a positive and a negative. Uh, problem solved. If if you get DeMar- if the Mavericks sign Demar Derozan, these are the problems that he solves for you. He becomes your extra playmaker. Like you said, your secondary yeah. creator. You absolutely need. He's Run a the veteran. Yeah. He's a veteran. He's actually become a much. I think even a more effective veteran playing in San Antonio, he could have asked for a trade out of there when they went really young and decided to go with a bunch of these young guys, but he decided to stay there and be the veteran, and I think that's real positive. Uh, he's a, a consistent go-to scorer. Here are, uh, follow me on this, <laughs> the amount of points that Tim Hardaway Jr. scored in any given game and DeRozan scored in any given game. Tim Hardaway Jr. in any given game last regular season Scored scored nine or less points thirteen times. DeRozan scored nine or less points three times. So DeRozan at 
every single game besides three scored at least 10 points, which is a, a big positive. He's just, he just consistently brings it. Tim Hardaway Jr. scored 10 to 19 points 39 times last, uh, last season. So in that range. DeRozan did it 32 times. Uh, this is where it gets you. Tim Hardaway Jr. scored 20 to 29 points 13 times last season. 13 total times. DeMar DeRozan did it 29 times. Like, he just elevates you to that next level score and brings it consistently, too, which is something the Mavericks need, especially if Porzingis yeah. is going to be out for games. Luka will probably miss some extra games this season because of the Olympics and his the load he's had to carry this, this summer and all that. So he would be there and be that consistent scorer that you need where Tim Hardaway Jr. couldn't do that last season. Brunson couldn't do it last season. Like, nobody else could really bring it consistently, but DeMar DeRozan would. And you can run Luca off the ball with him too. It's like yeah. that's we haven't got to see Luca really play off the ball as much. They've tried it at times. It's just Brunson can only go so far in that. And I get some people are probably that's in the whole like DeRozan to the Mavericks camp are probably saying, well, just give the ball to DeRozan and let Luca play off. And then you have four shooters around DeRozan. That's amazing. And that sounds great in the third quarter. <laughs> but the problem is it's when it's at the end of games, and don't lie to yourself. If DeRozan has the ball and he misses a few shots in the clutch moments and Luka's standing in the corner or playing off of him, you're going to be throwing a fit because Luka doesn't have the ball. We want the ball in Luka's hands, but if when you have a non-shooter, a non-three-point shooter around him, that's where it gets issue. But also here, of like, all right, Isaac, why are we nitpicking as far as the last few minutes of a game if that's why we don't want somebody? I'm not saying that either. We're just pointing out the weaknesses of like, that is a problem that would happen in a in a game six or game seven of a playoffs and are you okay with possibly benching a 30 million dollar player and that's the next question how much money will he get this offseason what's the situation he goes to because i don't think a, a like a finals contending team comes swooping in for DeRozan. i don't and i don't think they come swooping in saying they're going to reconstruct their whole roster for him i think you're looking at two different situations i think you're looking at a bad team out there with a lot of cap space saying We'll give DeMar DeRozan, you know, a, a bigger contract and say, let's go. Let's like raise our floor a little bit. I could also see a fringe team like the, I say fringe, fringe contending team like the Mavericks or in that like six to nine range ha, that says, let's go get DeRozan and see if he takes us to the next level to get us a, a few more rounds in the playoffs. I think it's one of those situations. Yeah, for sure. These are the teams outside of San Antonio. San Antonio has the most. They have like 60 million in cap space if DeRozan doesn't resign. Uh, Charlotte, Dallas, Miami, New York. Could you talk yourself into any of those teams? New York is actually an interesting one. That's a real interesting one for DeRozan. He could, could go there with someone, too. Yeah, right. Like, they if him just, and Lowry's like, hey, we want to go to New York together, they could. Like, that's a... Or if him... If he was good friends with Kawhi, like, him and Kawhi could go... Like, they have enough they money... They for to, each other. I'm not sure. That. <laughs> that's true. They they have enough money so they, they could get two guys. Uh I went to Bobby Marks's. He has really good ESPN Plus articles about offseason reviews, and he has a, a thing called Profit X, which pro projects the uh, the salary based on fit and based on market and based on stats and all that stuff. And he projected that Demar Derozan would get between twenty four and thirty one million dollars for the first year of his contract. Right, that's between you know twenty four million is something, and then thirty one is up to the um, up to the the, the max there. Couple other things I wanted to bring up. Age comparison. This is something we did a couple years ago. DeMar DeRozan will turn 32 in August. He is two years younger than Mike Conley, but only two years younger than Mike Conley. Doesn't he seem like he's way younger than Conley? Kind of yeah. puts Conley. I mean, he would be, age. he'd be the oldest person on the Mavericks. Right? Yeah, he would. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's about a year and a half younger than Steph Curry. 
<laughs> which is wild that Curry is older than him. And DeMar DeRozan is the exact same age as James Harden and Jimmy Butler, if you wanted to com- compare those guys. Uh, roster fit, I think that it'd be really interesting to have a Luka, DeRozan, Dorian, Porzingis lineup, but then all of a sudden you have, you can play, you can fit that fifth starter, be a guard, a big, or a wing, right? Like whoever it is, you could fit a way in there. It may not be Boban or somebody like that, but you could find somebody like that. Um, yeah, and his you probably for, still want a guard in that scenario because you're, probably, you're not, yeah. yeah, you that's asking Dorian to take the the Damian Lillards of the world because you're not going to put DeRozan on them. Uh, but man, having having a if you want to do the big three, having a big three of a healthy KP with DeRozan and Luca, let's go outscore people. Last couple last two more stats for you. He played sixty nine percent. Ooh, nice. Of his minutes at four last season with San Antonio. They played these strange lineups where they played a bunch of these guard wings, like hybrids that they have, and then like Jakob Pertle at the five or somebody like that. That was pretty interesting. And then his usage percentage was has been over 26 since 2013-14. Like that is that's a high number. To compare that, Luca last season was 36. So it's not like he's that level where he's has the ball all the time. KP last year was 26. So you're introducing a player that wants the ball as much as Porzingis has it right now, and Porzingis wants it more than he has it right now, right? So that that in and of itself is a very interesting thing. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s usage percentage last year was 23, by the way, which is interesting to put that in perspective as well. And to you brought up Tim there. One more thing. It's fascinating to think – well, actually, we got a couple more. But, uh, it's fascinating to think that like if you get DeRozan, like Tim's walking. Unless you do yeah, some sure. type of like sign and trade or something like that to get throws and then you bring back Tim, all that. But let's just say you're swapping them out. Tim's by far the best, you know, the better three point shooter. Yeah. They're about equal when it comes to like defense. <laughs> but then DeRozan gives you that, those tier scorings, right? He gives you that isolation player. He gives you the guy that you can Free run throws. the offense. Like you're handing him the ball and saying, run the pick and roll, go get me a buck in isolation. Instead of when you have Tim, it's, hey, how can we run, run Tim off screens? How can we get Tim open? DeRozan gets himself open. So that's the difference of, you know, of those two. You look at, you know, even Cuban's been talking over the past few weeks, a handful of smaller interviews here and there. And he had that quote of saying, hey, we need a secondary ball handler with some size. DeRozan fits, fits all of that for that. So that's, that's, I'm so curious to just what his contract is. I, I think it could be, if it's a team like Dallas, because that's another thing too. You hand him a three-year deal, a three-year $90 million deal or a three-year $75 million deal, like that takes you a lot of, into like Luca's contract, right? Like that's a, that's a big commitment to a guy that you better be like pretty confident on the fit here. We know the Nike connection. He's been a Nike athlete for a long time now. He signed a, a big deal, uh, re-upped his deal back in 2018, all big time Kobe guy, the Nico Harrison connections and all of that. So it's not like DeRozan's one of the guys that I'm looking at and I'm saying, I'm not like even shutting the door at all. I'm leaving the door completely open for DeRozan because if DeRozan signs with the Mavericks in the first week of free agency, I'm not shocked. I'll be shocked about some of the other guys like Kyle Lowry can fit with any of the best teams in the league. If the Lakers went out and cleared all the space right now and said, Kyle Lowry, come here. I just don't think a Lakers type of team is going to do that for DeRozan. And I think a team like Dallas could be sitting there on night one, sitting there saying, hey, we'll give you two years, $50 million or whatever it is. Come be the secondary you know, playmaker alongside Luka. And I think that would be really enticing to him because he could still be in the playoff. He can be back in the playoffs and have a big role and all of that. So I think this is actually a, a decent possibility when it comes to free agency. 
yeah, it's a real fascinating one. Let us know in the comments what you think about DeMar DeRozan. Is it worth it to raise the floor of the Mavericks to get a DeRozan where it may not pan out so well in the playoffs? But maybe we haven't actually seen DeMar DeRozan, now that I think about it, as the second best player on a team. Like Lowry and him in, in Toronto, like there, you could go back and forth as to who was the best player, but he was definitely the best scorer. He, he has never been the second best scorer on a team in the playoffs. So that would actually be a really interesting thing to go back and maybe see if, yeah. what could be And the a playmaker like Luka. Like Kyle Lowry's a point guard and he's he's great. But is he the same type of playmaker as Luka? I don't I don't think so. Their butts are probably the same size. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where we'll end it. There you go. Let us know in the comments what you think about Tamar DeRozan. We'll be back tomorrow with some more. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Tie game, 19 seconds to go. Well, if you're anybody other than Tamar DeRozan, be prepared to shoot the ball because they may double him and come with a late double. When the ball comes out from Tamar late in the clock, step up and shoot the ball with confidence. DeRozan with five. DeRozan, two. DeRozan hits it! Oh!